Welcome to Season 3 of the Climate Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Deval Bazi, bringing awareness to climate change and sustainable development from a Caribbean perspective. Connecting you to sustainability solutions as we move from awareness to action. And my special guest today has been passionately involved in promoting responsible business for more than 15 years. She's an independent consultant who works across sectors in consulting, research, stakeholder engagement, and capacity building. She holds a master's in corporate social responsibility, an MBA and BSc, along with certificates from ACCE and GRI Certified Sustainability Reporting. She is the founder of Corporate Social Responsibility Solutions Limited, which was established in 2007 with a vision of making organizations more responsible in the areas of environment, society, and governance. I am delighted to welcome to the Climate Conscious Podcast, Ms. Melanie G. Richards. Hi, Deval. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Melanie, why did you choose a career in sustainability? I think that I ended up perhaps where I was supposed to be after a long journey of trying things that weren't necessarily for me. Um, Yes, I started off as an accountant um, and spent a number of years doing accounting and auditing initially with uh, Ernst & Young and then moved into private sector for another two years um, in the Neil & Massey Group. I moved into accounting out of high school basically just because when you come out of your last year of high school and realize, okay, um, this is not really summer vacation. This is, you know, now unemployment because you're a working person or potentially supposed to be a working person. So I I went into Ernst & Young studying accounting with no real passion for it. Um, and I guess that's why I never really excelled or felt that it was something that I could do for the rest of my life. I would say, though, that my interest in sustainability started when I did a management degree, a BSc uh, management degree, specializing in tourism management. And I spent two years in the Bahamas doing that program. At that point, one of my courses was sustainable tourism. And I think that's where my eyes sort of opened up to this whole area of sustainability and working in a manner that organizations could achieve the goals that they wanted to on a business level. But at the same time, be mindful or responsible with their interactions with the environment and also with society. I wasn't very keen on uh, 
environment from the scientific perspective, so studying environmental sciences. But I did have um, an interest in how organizations really interact in society. Um, apart from the actual business transaction, how do organizations exist within the context of a society? Um, and, and that's how I sort of wandered quite by chance into this area of social responsibility and responsible business. Your vision for corporate social responsibility, CSR Solutions Limited, is to help organizations improve in the areas of environment, society, and governance, which is commonly known as ESG. What is your role as an ESG practitioner? Sure, Deval. So, of course, ESG is very broad. And like many other terms within the context of sustainability, People use these terms differently. Sometimes people think of ESG and, you know, they think of it from a reporting perspective. Sometimes they think of it from an investing perspective, you know, responsible investment, a uh, financial perspective. For me, it's really about ensuring that organizations, any organization, whether private sector, public sector, or civil society operates in a manner that is responsible. So irrespective of what your business is, you do that in a manner that's responsible. So that takes me sort of, you know, across the length and breadth of working with organizations to sometimes, you know, before the fact, help them figure out um, you know, how to incorporate the tenets of sustainability into the workings of their organizations. Sometimes it's at the end of the process, reporting on what they've actually done. Sometimes it's looking beyond reporting what impact has have their actions created um, and, and I'll probably come back to impact. Um, and sometimes it's helping organizations engage with other sectors to understand the role that these sectors play and how the three sectors can interact. On that point, I think very broadly speaking, my interest is really in the area of societal governance. How do we govern ourselves as societies? And for societies to function, we do need all sectors playing a role in this governance. I think that long gone are the days where the private sector operated in isolation. The public sector was the one who provided development components in, in the economy from a social development perspective. And then the civil society was just there, you know, to sort of, I don't know, advocate. I think we've moved to a point where for society to function, everyone has to play a role in its governance. And that governance is environmental governance, 
societal governance um, and corporate governance. Um, so, so for me, it is really working with organizations for them to understand how they fit into this uh, governance of societies very, very broadly. This is, this is high level. And then, you know, how they interact with other players and how they partner with other players. Coming back to the impact point, which is where I think a lot of the discourse in this field has been moving towards over the past decade. Um, and I have really seen a transition from where this started to, to where we're going. So the impact bit of it, which I try to focus on quite a bit, is really organizations understanding it's not so much about the doing ad hoc activities for the press of it or the PR of it, but it is engaging in responsible business. And by that, I mean every action and every decision that an organization makes must be considered within the parameters of social, environmental, governance considerations. 2020, you know, it was an extraordinary year. And one of the things that stood out to me was the increasing emphasis on sustainability. And we saw that companies are no longer only accountable to their shareholders. They're now being held accountable by stakeholders, which would include governments, investors, consumers, who are demanding that they make changes to their business operations so that they can operate in a responsible manner. What I would call a whole-of-society approach, you have to demonstrate a commitment not only to profit, but also to people and the planet. And that brings us to the realm of the triple bottom line approach. You know, so as a former accountant and auditor, you, you are very intimate with understanding profits and financial statements, but you have gone further to, as you mentioned, your, your interest in the societal governance aspect and also there's also the environmental aspect. So what is the impact of the triple bottom line approach to business and the wider society? I mean, I think triple bottom line, if we're talking from an, an actual accounting reporting perspective, um, it's a tool. You know, it's a tool where, from an accounting perspective, you're trying to, um, to quantify not only financial, but uh, social and environmental. In terms of impact, and again, triple bottom line is one of these sort of nice to say catchphrases that a lot of people use um, you know, and mean different things by it. And, and unfortunately, that happens throughout this entire field. For me, what is important to really add value is impact. And ensuring that 
the actions of businesses create the desired impact. Now, what is the desired impact? And, and that's perhaps what the biggest challenge is. On a global level, of course, we have sustainable development goals, which within you know, this next decade um, certainly will be, and, and I agree, should be guiding where we want to go for the next 10 years. Um, what we want to arrive at, you know, what do we want the, the future to be? Um, when it comes to business, a lot of those things sound very pie in the sky, uh, very far away, very ideal, very sort of utopian, or we're going to achieve these, these goals. Um, so I think what's important is looking at these sustainable development goals as a very high level of where we really want to get to. You know, we want to be in a place where we don't have poverty and hunger, where we have gender equality, where we have sustainable uh, communities. We want to be there, but what we need to do is be able to translate that um, into the language of business and break it down to a level that makes sense to businesses and that they can align what they are doing with achieving these goals. And I think that's where uh, the importance of you know, the indicators or the reporting, whether or not you use triple bottom line, um, that's where the importance comes in. So in terms of creating impact, and the value added, I think what we need to do is ensure that organizations are being responsible, yes, but framing what responsibility looks like in the context of these broader goals and then aligning what they are doing to ensure that they are achieving or contributing to these broader goals. And you know, this is where the, the indicator bit comes in. And this is where aligning, well, I think in, in for us in Trinidad and Tobago, our vision 2030 report is already aligned to the SDGs. So it makes it uh, more streamlined where organizations can align what they are doing to national development goals and by extension, sustainable development goals. So that you have people contributing to um, developmental goals because the private sector in Trinidad and Tobago makes substantial uh, contributions and investments to I'll say, quote unquote, doing good. But I feel that we are not, a lot of it is not done with impact in mind or with an end point in mind or with a goal in mind. Um, and a lot of it is done 
perhaps well-intentioned, but not aligned to, um, to national or, or, or global development goals where we can actually capture what organizations are doing um, and measure it and show tangible results. And I think being able to understand the impact of what these organizations are doing, especially for the private sector, I think that's one of the challenges. You know, organizations spend millions of dollars and at the end of the year, they're not quite certain whether they've had the impact they wanted to have, whether they even know what impact they wanted to have, and then being able to demonstrate that tangibly and see changes in society as a result of what they're doing. So for me, I think uh, the value is added, um, not necessarily from saying I'm reporting you know, using triple bottom line. But I think the value is added from organizations being able to align what they're doing to indicators. And again, there, there are many tools for doing this, setting targets, working towards these, and having these also aligned, you know, to our national development goals as well as sustainable development goals. And I think that's where we get the impact. I've seen a lot of companies spend a lot of money and where in other areas of business, they can say, well, we spent X million dollars and we have produced this or we've purchased this or we've hired how many uh, employees or we've done this building renovation or bought these goods or, or you know, implemented this manufacturing process. It's very difficult to, to tangibly say what uh, impact your CSR spend or, or your philanthropy spend has had. Um, and I think that's where we um you know that's where we can we can add value um once we can demonstrate to organizations the the actual impact and the actual value they're creating and they can then see uh tangible changes in society because they're all sort of working towards the same goal rather than ad hoc you know things all over the place um that's where that's where I, I see the difference being made. Now that said, that's uh, it's a big ask. Um, sustainability I see as a journey, not a destination. But I think those are the things that we need to be focusing on, um, you know, to get this right, to get this right at a at a national level and to get this right at a global level. Um, but it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. It certainly isn't. Sustainability is definitely a complex subject. 
And in many cases, it is challenging to, to really define the concept. But you, and you took us into some of the challenges with that, with the triple bottom line approach when trying to account for the three P's, people, planet, profit. Companies are very adept at accounting for profit. But when you come to the environmental and the social aspect of it, it's challenging to quantify. But I'm noticing that more and more companies that in addition to producing their annual reports on economic performance, businesses are also now producing sustainability reports. And I saw that you recently produced the 2019 sustainability report for NGC. Can you share with us what is sustainability reporting and the value that it can add? Sure, Deval. So again, sustainability reporting, which I distinguish from triple bottom line reporting. Um, With sustainability reporting, we are not trying to put a financial value on social and economic indicators, which is where triple bottom line is trying to go. With sustainability reporting, we are really recognizing that as important as it is to measure finances and financial performance, it is equally important to measure social performance and environmental performance. You know, I'll just put social and environmental very broadly because of course there are a number of components within that. And social and environmental performance is actually very integrated with your financial performance and financial performance can be impacted by social and environmental performance and vice versa for a number of reasons. So sustainability reporting is really looking at the organization's performance over the period. Most companies report annually and it looks at social and environmental benchmarks or or indicators to measure, report, and evaluate the performance of organizations. So there are many uh, different tools, again, for sustainability reporting. The one that I used um, for the National Gas Company and have been using for them for the last three years, this is the third um, sustainability report that I've done for them, is the Global Reporting initiative, GRI indicators. Um, And GRI is actually used by most reporting companies internationally um, that report on their sustainability performance. And it provides a set of indicators that allow the organization to measure their performance to capture capture what they're doing, you know, measure this performance, um, set targets, and again, these indicators can be aligned with sustainable development goals. So it allows an organization to, at a very high level, see what their actions are doing to contribute towards sustainable development but at a very organization specific level, look at the 
material issues that are relevant to them and be able to manage these issues and their performance in these issues. So, you know, we've for years um, appreciated the importance of measuring financial performance. And this is just now equally understanding and appreciating the importance of measuring economic and social performance as well. And also not, not looking at these things from an altruistic perspective, but understanding that these are important business decisions. And these are things that potentially can have significant impact on business performance. With respect to companies who are reporting on sustainability, there are still few organizations locally who are doing local sustainability reports. Um, and I mean local sustainability reports to a point where they are using meaningful indicators and capturing this information and showing trends over years. You know, I could probably count on one hand the companies locally that are doing that. So, so it has taken, or it is taking a really, really long time um, to pick up locally, unfortunately, um, organizations, you know, love to produce these whatever reports they call them, CSR reports or PR reports, you know, that show all the nice things they've been doing, um, which for me, I mean, there, there, is, there is some value in it, in, in showing what you're doing, perhaps from a reputational perspective, but certainly on Till we start to really pay attention and give equal weighting to the social and environmental as we do to the economic and, and financial, um, the impact that we want to see is, in my view, not really, not really going to be there until we start paying attention to these things um, capturing the information, measuring and uh, uh, reporting on it and, and, you know, setting targets to improve. What I like about a GRI framework is the emphasis on material impacts. Also the alignment with the sustainable development goals. You mentioned earlier that sustainability is a journey, not a destination. I hope to see more companies here in Trinidad and Tobago and throughout the Caribbean region, I hope to see more companies adopting these type of frameworks and accounting for their environmental and social impacts in a meaningful way. Not just spend on social issues, but as you mentioned earlier, what is the real impact of that spend? But given the ongoing uncertainty around the pandemic, which we continue to grapple with shrinking markets and downsizing, restructuring, which we are observing happening locally. How would you justify ESG or sustainability as a good investment? I actually think that the pandemic has presented a number of opportunities 
well, maybe before that, it has firstly shone light on a number of inequalities and maybe I can go as far as to say social misjustices that have prevailed that we could have, and I say we generally, uh, could have not seen before or pretended to not see. I think that COVID has really highlighted deep uh, societal challenges. It's highlighted inequalities. It has highlighted gender uh, issues. It's, it's highlighted, you know, a number of challenges that now I think we as a society can no longer avoid or pretend to avoid and go about our lives uh, pretending we didn't know existed within our, within our societies and within our communities. What I think it has also done is I have seen really, really remarkable response from private sector. I've seen organizations step up and do things that I wish it would have been doing 10, 15 years ago, but everything in its time. And if, if I come back a little bit to the whole issue of how we govern ourselves as a society, that point of each of us not being able to do it alone, and each of us, I mean sectors, the private sector, the public sector, civil society, all need to, to, to work together and all have an important role to play um, in, in any area in society, whether it be education, whether it be gender equality, whether it be climate change, all of the sectors have a, a role to play. And they have a role to play because, and this I think was highlighted in, in COVID, organizations cannot flourish in a society that is falling apart. That I think has been the biggest learning from COVID for the private sector. And whereas before, perhaps the private sector could have said, and I'm speaking very, very generally here, organizations could have said, well, you know, I will put X amount into doing this little program or I will do whatever. And that's my contribution. And I continue to operate um, business as usual. That doesn't work. It doesn't work because private sector does not operate in isolation. Private sector depends on society for its consumers. It depends on its society for employees. It depends on uh, the environment within which it operates. And it really is an integrated relationship. So if we all don't play our roles in society, then there will be no employees to come and work in our organizations. There will be no consumers to buy our products. Um, and I think this was really highlighted. The extent to which private sector is completely integrated with everything that's happening in society. You know, something as, as simple as, uh, as gender equality and domestic violence, where We've had situations, we've seen a rise in domestic violence during COVID, 
you know, it could have been that you had an employee that was experiencing domestic violence and maybe because this employee was at work for eight to 10 hours during the day, it wasn't that obvious because they weren't home enough to be victims. So the organization could then say, well, that, that really has nothing to do with me. Um, and, and this is just sort of one example that comes to mind. When you then put the, the employee at home where perhaps she is exposed to violence more often, she now has the additional responsibility because traditionally the woman has the role of supervising the homeschooling of the children um, and managing the household and cooking and, and doing everything and still doing the job. We can no longer turn a blind eye to that because this individual and the issue of domestic violence in the society and the issue of gender equality in the society and the issue of uh, unequal access to technology in the society, all of these things now become workplace issues that affect the same bottom line that we were trying to protect by removing these things, you know, almost having them as, as externalities that didn't really, that our business decisions, you know, didn't depend on. So I think that um, while the pandemic has been really awful for a number of persons, obviously, and, and it's created significant challenges, I've seen some things that organizations have been doing that I think have really, really, I mean, I've seen organizations step up to the plate and realize that doing these things are not necessarily having a negative impact on their bottom line. And in some cases, enhancing their bottom line, whether it be because of providing mechanisms to allow employees to work better, um, you know, whether it be even reputational, whether it be contributing to contain the pandemic so that we have less cases um, within society so that business sectors, businesses can reopen and then uh, continue to operate. So I've seen a remarkable response from the private sector. And I'm hoping even, you know, if and when this is over, that the private sector now appreciates their role in society as a significant part of ensuring that we, we govern this society together. Again, coming back to all of these players that have a role in this whole, in this whole issue of governing society environmentally and, and, and socially and, you know, in, in other areas of, of governance of a society. While in the midst of a health crisis, we're also grappling with the ongoing climate crisis. And I think it has forced organizations to really examine their role in society. So like you, I really hope that going forward, organizations will continue with their integrated role in society in terms of addressing the social and environmental issues as it, as it pertains to their operations and their stakeholders. 
And to me, that is what it means to operate in a responsible manner. So I really want to thank you, Melanie, for sharing your insights from your wealth of experience working in corporate social responsibility. So Melanie, how can listeners connect with you? Um, thanks, Joval. Well, I am on LinkedIn um, and you can just look for Melanie Richards. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's been a pleasure to be part of your podcast. Um, keep up the great work you're doing, uh, raising awareness and encouraging people to take action um, through the Climate Conscious podcast. Thanks again for having me, Duval. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to the Climate Conscious podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Climate Conscious. And be sure to check out the Climate Conscious Lifestyle Kits.